tongue of the land, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. That's the truth. I will never turn away from hearing from God. This morning, I have my message titled, For God's Honor. For God's Honor. And the Bible tells us, whatever you do, in word and in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, do all for his honor. Honor for God is two ways. If you honor God, he'll honor you in return. You can never honor God and it be overlooked. Never. Please get that. You can never honor God in any way and it's overlooked. You may be in the depths of trouble. Maybe in your, your spiritual life. And a situation came and you stood for God. It never goes unnoticed. Because God will come back and honor you in return. That's just his way. It's called the way of the Lord. That's why we come to church to learn principles. The way God does things. And so when you know the way God operates, then you can come under that operation and God will work for you. God, Jesus made a statement. He said, lest they should hear and understand with their heart and turn and I should heal them. In other words, if they understand and they position themselves, God will, no matter who it is, he's going to act. So all I have to do is find out, figure out from God's word how God works. And once I understand it, you have truth and you're free. God will work on your behalf. You can be highly educated or know very little about the Bible, but you got that truth. Once you get a hold of that truth, God will react. God will act on your behalf. And you let everybody know he's done it. I like the way God does these things when he's done something for you. Even if you forget and you're going, hey, look, ah, he'll remind you. Hey, you remember you prayed for it? Has he ever done that to any of you? He reminds you. He'll remind you so you don't forget where you got that from. Don't get too excited. Calm down a little bit. Remember to give glory. But when you honor God, he honors you in return. And when God honors you, that means unusual breakthrough. This is a year of breakthrough for us. When God decides to honor you, then he gives you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You know what spirit of heaviness means? Depression. When God honors you, depression is far from you. You can't be depressed while God is honoring you. You're free from depression. 
He gives you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And that's the way God is. When God honors you, angels will recognize it. Demons will recognize it. Men will also recognize it. You may not say anything, but they can see it. That's why he said, let your light so shine before men. Through your good works. That they will see your good works and they give glory to your father. They notice what God's doing in your life. When you honor God, God honors you in return. But when you dishonor him, God said you will be lightly esteemed. That's a serious statement. This is what it says. First Samuel chapter 2 verse 30 talking about the house of Eli because his children had really dishonored God and God wasn't pleased and sent him few warnings. The men will not change and God says to the house of Eli, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father will work before me forever. But now, when your life contradicts this principle, things will change. Because he cannot change himself. That's who he is. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. For, because, that's the principle. Every time you say the word for, there is a principle. Because or for those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. To me, that's a frightening thing. To be lightly, lightly esteemed. Let me say this. Everyone is sinned. And even Christians, we call it mistake, but take the word mistake out, he's sin. He's not mistake. But with God, when you sin, it's your attitude towards what just took place that matters to him. The, your attitude towards sin will either honor God or dishonor him. Your attitude. God's watching. He knows. When you confess your sin, like I said, that's not the first time he found out you did it. He already knew. But what's going on there? What's your attitude like? If your attitude is like, oh my God, what did I do? So that's honor to him. And that's the difference between two kings that you read in the Old Testament. Saul and David. Saul and David. Let me give you Saul. Saul had sinned against God. He says, God told him, go and destroy the Amalekites. He didn't do it. He went, but he didn't complete the assignment. Let me put this in here. Incomplete obedience is no obedience with God. When God tells you to do something, he wants you to go all the way with it. You have to do it. So, Saul sinned. He knew he had sinned. I'm sure he was sorry about it. But his attitude was not pleasing to God. 
Listen to what he said. Saul said, I have sinned. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 30, he says, I have sinned, yet honor me now. He's telling the prophet Samuel that told him what he's done wrong. And instead of repenting, just like Nathan told David what he had done, but this attitude, like, yes, I have sinned, but you see, everybody's watching. I need you, Samuel, prophet, honor me now. Honor me now. Please, before the elders of my people, when you are more concerned about what people think than what God thinks about the situation, you are in deep trouble. That's dishonor to God. He was more concerned about how people saw him than the wrong he had done. I wish that man fell to the ground and wept before the people and cried and humbled himself. He would have been one of the greatest prophets, I mean the greatest kings in the Old Testament, but he never did that. He wanted honor for himself. Put the sin aside. That doesn't really matter. That's what is happening today. That doesn't matter. Everybody is doing it. No, everybody is not doing it. Everybody is not doing it. If it dishonors God, if it displeases God, your attitude is, no, God, I need to get away from this. But he said, honor me now. He wants honor before the elders of his people, before Israel, and return with me. That I may worship the Lord your God. See, you can worship. He's not happy with you. Because of the attitude here. But Samuel followed him. But then when Nathan told David. About his sin. The same same prophet, prophets. Two great prophets. He says, you are the man. And instantly. David was sorry. He said, I have sinned. Just like, just like uh, Saul did. But you know, that thing stayed with him. A tender heart before God is priceless. That's what God wanted. You wonder why God says David was the man after his own heart? <laughs> How can a murderer and adulterer be the man after God? But his attitude towards God. He humbled himself before God. And the Bible says if you humble yourself, God will lift you up. So humbling yourself in humility, that's honoring God. Giving glory to God, honoring God, and God will bless you in return. No matter what you've done, if you cry out to God for forgiveness and you're really sorry, that sin is forgiven, but not only that, God then turns things around and he blesses you. It's an amazing thing when you think about the life of David. God took his honor from Saul's life because of his attitude. It was gone. God said, said, no way. Your family will not continue to be kings in Israel. You're no longer honored. But then to David, David the sinned with Bathsheba had other sons. But because David honored, uh, honored God, what did God do? God turned around and it was the same woman with whom he sinned. God now said, she's going to give birth 
And that same woman, that's, that's where I'm going to raise the next king, Solomon. Solomon. Who became the wisest natural man that's ever lived. When you honor God. When you honor God. In Psalm 51, this is David's attitude. Against you, and you only, have I sinned. He could care less about everybody else. Everybody knew David was on the floor, weeping, crying out to God. Everybody in the house saw it. The story went around. But he wasn't concerned about them. He was concerned only about God himself that he has sinned against. That's honor for God. And when you have that attitude towards God's honor, then he will bless you. I pray today that God will baptize us with that spirit of humility. When, even if it's a little boy that tells you, maybe daddy, that's not right, you didn't do it. Oh, it's not because of him, but because of him. When God speaks to you, listen. He may be trying to salvage your life. And make something beautiful out of your life. But you have to honor him by humbling yourself. How great this God is, the God that we serve. Look into the sky and the, the, the stars. This God that put these things together, you're going to stand against him? I know I'm going to be standing before him someday. This is serious business. You're not going to live forever if Jesus tarries you die. I don't want to miss him and him not honoring me. I think when you read about uh, Stephen, as Stephen was being stoned, he said, Jesus, the Bible says he was seated at the Father's right hand. But Stephen said, I saw him at the Father's right hand standing. Can you imagine God standing to receive somebody back. That's an amazing thing. Amazing honor for a man who will not yield, but will honor God. You see, honoring God is the recipe for promotion. Yes. Honoring God is the recipe for promotion. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember them? Let me go back a little bit. When you acknowledge how, how wrong you've been, even if you were not aware of it, and then all of a sudden God opens your eyes. Do you remember Isaiah in chapter 6 of Isaiah? He says, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. And he saw the angels, holy, crying, holy, holy. And he says, I am undone. Woe is me, I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I live among all of them have unclean lips. And I'm the chief of them, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but he humbled himself before God. When he saw himself the way God saw him. And instantly, God cleansed him. And instantly, God sent him. And he became one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament. Many prophecies about Jesus 
unto us a child is given, all of that stuff. They came from Isaiah the prophet. A virgin will give birth. So many scriptures, if you read in the New Testament, they will always go back and quote from Isaiah. Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgression. All these great prophecies came through that one man. His name running from the Old Testament to the New Testament because he honored God in that one instance. In that one instance. Was he perfect? No. But he honored God and God honored him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, no. We're not going to listen to you, king. We will not dishonor God by bowing down to your idol. We're not doing that. And if we have to die, we'll die. But see, we believe our God is going to deliver us. But if he's not willing to deliver us, we will die. They gave honor to God. And guess what? Jesus showed up. Amen. I'm sure while he was talking, Jesus was already waiting for them in the fire. Come, boys. Let's enjoy air-conditioned furnace here, okay? But guess what? They were already well-known in the kingdom. But after that day, is the recipe for promotion, I'm telling you. After that day, they were lifted. The king recognized the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the whole kingdom heard about them. The news went far. And I believe, guess what they had? Honor. You know, if I were around them, I would call the guy, uh, didn't you feel the fire at all? Tell us. It will be on CNN, right? Fox News. And all of them, they're called breaking news. Okay. <laughs> That's right. But God honored them. God honored them. You see, David fought for God's honor. That was one thing with David. He won't go anywhere. You know, Saul was chasing him back and forth. But, and he had opportunity to kill Saul. But he knew that would dishonor God. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. There's a story of David killing Goliath. And I, I love that story, especially when I was a kid. I loved the Goliath and Samson stories. Superheroes and stuff like that. <laughs> those stories were intriguing to me. This, if I want to read, I'll go to those stories about David killing Goliath. But there's something about David. He was a young boy, probably they say he was 16, 17, and he wasn't old enough to, to go to war. So he was at home, and Goliath came defying the, the children of Israel, challenging them, and their God. In their time, is my God beat your God. That's the way they saw it. Uh, it's God and God. Nobody takes credit. It's, it's about your, your God. Uh, when they got Samson, guess what? It was their God that delivered Samson into their hands, so they were celebrating. That was a mistake for them, okay? Celebrating before their God. 
And so David understood it. And so when a man is challenging the children of Israel, he knew they are challenging their God. And this was bad for the people of Israel. So I'll read from 1 Samuel chapter 17. It says, So the men of Israel said, Have you not seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. It shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. I was reading that and I thought to myself, that would be really good in America, right? (laughs) We will really fight. I mean, you marry the king's daughter? Also, your family don't have to pay taxes? And then they make you rich? I'll go try. (laughs) I'll try. But the funny thing is, every one of them knew what would, how their lives would change. Didn't they? They were the ones saying this. They knew their lives would change. They knew that they wouldn't have to pay taxes. And maybe get to be the king's son-in-law. But they wouldn't go. They were afraid. When you're seeking your own honor, guess what fills your heart? Fear. David wasn't afraid. Because he wasn't seeking his own honor. He had nothing to gain. They were running from Goliath because they were afraid of Goliath. They were only thinking for their own survival. They were not thinking about the church. You see? It's not about you. It's about the kingdom of God. When you think about the, just your survival and how you're doing and how your family is doing and you've forgotten the house of God, the family of God, God knows not to mess with you. They were only thinking about themselves. And so they were run. And all they were thinking how they would survive that day. But David was different. Listen, David started speaking. Then David spoke to the man who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? Notice what he's talking about. What, he wants that reproach gone. Not on the people of God. But he heard them when they said that. That was his way of introducing himself I want to do this, okay? I'm going to do this. And then it says, For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? See, he translated it. Is the, the people were just armies to them. Saul and the rest of them. But David saw it differently. This man was defying the armies of the living God. And he will fight for God's honor. Let me show you this. 1 Samuel, I call this the definition of a course. It's 1 Samuel 17, verse 28. It says, Then Eliab, 
his oldest brother, David's oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger, uh, 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 Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? Well, his father sent him to bring them some food. And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart. For you have come down to see the battle. And David said, this is the statement now. What have I done now? Is there not a cause? In other words, I don't need to hear this from you. Let's not talk about all these things that you're talking about. There is something to be done right now. I need to address this matter. There is a cause. The cause is to defend God's name. You know, I think Christians, you are in an office and they are saying silly things about your God, about Christians and all of that, and you can't say a word because you just got employed. You are afraid if you say something, they may fire you. You just missed a chance for good promotion. You should speak out. Don't ever hear them saying something against your God and you quiet. Guess what you just done? You denied him. Nobody goes around saying, I deny Jesus, I deny Jesus. You just was, you were quiet. You said nothing for his honor. And you watched them as they dishonored him. They criticized your Christian brothers and all of that. You said nothing. Because you are afraid they will single you out and persecute you. But the Bible says, blessed are they who live righteously, you will suffer persecution. Blessed are they who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Your reward is great in heaven. Because in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So, when you speak out and they persecute you, guess what they've done? They promoted you to the status of a prophet. I like that. You just made me a prophet. You got to speak out. So, David said, is there not a cause? I've got to fight for God. And you fight for God's honor. And if you do that, God will promote. God will promote you. You know, there was a man that fought for God's honor. Elijah. Remember him? Elijah. He was mad at what was happening in the land. And he could care less he would speak to the king. To his face. And because of that, God gave him extraordinary powers. That man could stop rain from falling for three years. God gave him that. Right? Because he was standing for God's honor. And afterwards, he called fire from heaven upon the sacrifice. Amen. If you watch this guy, how bold. When you are honoring God, you know God's on your side. And he'll never disappoint you. He knew God was in on, his, on his side. He said, I want you to pour water on the sacrifice, but don't put fire. I believe fire will come from heaven. Amen. And guess what? He called fire. 
And then when he was through, he went and asked God for water, for rain. And he fell. Some prophets, some uh, soldiers went to him. They said, man of God, the king said to come. He says, well, if a man of God, let fire come from heaven and consume you. Your 50, fire came down. That happened about two or three times. The last uh, soldier that went uh, with his, with his, he said, uh, please don't send fire. <laughs> Be merciful. Man of God, please don't do that. Uh, we're pleading with you. Uh, consider our lives. When you honor God, guess what? He honors you. He honors you. Stand up for truth. Stand up. When, when you've done wrong, own up to it. That's honor to God. And turn the other way. Because as soon as you do that, grace comes. Grace comes. Once you honor God, grace comes. Honor comes from God. And God begins to bless. And so David had a cause. He's got to fight for God. God's going to give you opportunities to fight for him, every one of us. I like, to, I like your um, New Century Version, Matthew, what is that? Matthew chapter 10, verse, what verse is that? 10, verse 32, yeah. I want, to, I want you to look at that scripture there. Jesus says, all those who stand before others and say, they believe in me. You see that? All those who stand before others and say they believe in me, I will say before my Father, before the angels, that they belong to me. That's easy. You know the converse of that? If you are not able to say before men and give him honor that you belong to him, he stands before his Father and says, that's not mine. Now, where his father is, there are angels all over. When Jesus says, that's mine, <laughs> uh, there are legions of angels all around this person to protect you. Amen. Everywhere you go, they follow you. They follow you. They follow you because you honored him. Every time you are afraid or ashamed or whatever you want to call it, to speak out for him before people. Nobody sees it. He sees it. I know that. And if he makes it clear to you that you've done something, then go back and tell him, I'm really sorry today. I did that. That's honor again. You can always reverse that. You can always reverse that. If that's been happening to you, now make up your mind today, I'm going to stand for Jesus. I'm going to let them know that I am a believer. And Jesus, when you do that, at the same instant you're doing it, back in heaven, Jesus is telling his father and the angels, that person belongs to me. And all the angels will notice. And they know you. And they know you by name. They know you by name. That's how important it is to honor God. Those who honor me, God said, I will honor. Those who dishonor me will be lightly esteemed. That's what God said. This man honored God. Now listen. 
his thing is not right here. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, it says, So the Philistines said to David, that's Goliath saying this, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed him, David with his gods. You see, that changed the equation. As soon as he cursed David in the name of his God, you know what happened? The battle changed from David and Goliath. Now it was Goliath fighting David's God. That's what it is. Let me say this. If you spoke out at the place of work for Jesus, if anyone comes against you, guess who they're coming against? They're coming against God. I used to say in any name, I've said it before, while they gave me employment, uh, I told, they would say, write a memo and say, uh, you, you're not going to get it. That's the only place I could work as a foreign student on campus. We're going to fire every one of you and make room for those, those other ones. And I, I could care less what, what the memo came. I read it and I just, just threw it away. I threw, it away, threw them away. And I, then my friend, the crime, would say, did you read the memo? I said, yeah. He says, he's going to let us go from this job. I tell the crime, he says, he's, that's not going to happen. You're not worried? No, I'm not. Why? I say, he didn't employ me. Guess who employed me? God employed me. And until he fires me, the head of department doesn't have the power to fire me. And I've said it here before, he was paying me after I graduated. Oh, yes. Angela can tell you that. He was paying me after I graduated. You don't have to be afraid of him. You honor God, and God will fight for you. If there is no God, well, you're in real trouble. But I know God is. You must always tell yourself God is. And if there is a God, he won't, nothing goes by him without him noticing. If they let you go, that's because... God allowed it because he wanted you fired because if he didn't, you won't go to the next promotion place where he wants you. And so he let them let you go. So when they fire you, go home and dance. Dance and praise God. And then get your, applica- your applications out. Because something good is coming your way. It's the truth. It's the truth. Something good is coming your way. So that changed. And I like the way David did it. David told him what was going to, he told the fellow, what he was, I mean Goliath, what was going to happen. He says, you come against me with all of this, but you are coming against you with the God of Israel. And he is going to deliver you into my hand and I will strike you. And then I will cut off your head. And after I've cut off your head, I will give the armies of all these guys behind you, I will give their carcass uh, to the birds of the air. Guess what he did? That's what he, he struck him, cut off his head, and the people got afraid. They all got killed, and they were, were in the field for the birds to eat. Do you know what that is? Say what you want to see, and let God fulfill it. Amen? The other day I said, Jesus said to the tree, no man eats from you again, ever. Jesus didn't say, three, three, I want you to dry up right now from the root. He didn't say that. He, want, he said what he wanted. You tell God what you want. Amen? And after that, 
stay out of the way. And let God operate. Okay? God who put that power in the seed. You trust the power in the seed. You put it in the ground. And it will do its work. Amen? You don't have to know how it works. But if you keep going back to dig that seed up to see if it's growing, you kill the seed. Just leave it in the hands of God and go your merry way rejoicing. And constantly thank him because he's at work in your life. Amen? That's the truth. I'm going to close with this. There's a fellow called Phinehas. Um, Phinehas is uh, the son of Aaron. And uh, I believe it was Balaam that instructed the king Balak to corrupt the children of Israel by allowing the women to go among them and make them sin because he couldn't curse them. But he knew if, if he made them sin, God will kick them out. So that happened. And so the children of Israel, they were marrying the Moabites and, and they were serving their gods and even offering their children in sacrifice. They abandoned God and while they were doing that, uh, something happened. But let me go this way first. I used to think God said Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. How many of you have read that? I used to think that was just Abraham in the Old Testament. I found that the same thing happened to Phinehas. Same thing happened to Phinehas. Let me read this scripture to you. It says in, in Psalm 106, Then Phinehas stood up and intervened. And the plague was stopped. And that was accounted to him for what? For righteousness. You know what Phinehas did? While God was complaining and there was a plague already, and complaining to Moses, look at what's going on. The people are marrying. A guy came in with his new wife, a Moabite wife, and went by like nothing was happening, went into his tent to be with the woman, uh, in the presence of God and Moses and everybody, Phineas was standing there. Phineas said nothing to anybody. He got mad. He took his javelin, spear, and went in and just pierced both of them, killed them both together. And you know what God said? That was passion for God. God says, I like that man. I like that man. He seemed brutal because they were doing their thing. He just put the spear through both of them and killed them. For what? God's honor. God's honor. I know it's kind of tough story, but I see something there about the way God is. If you honor God, no matter what, you're standing for him, he notices. And God made a promise that the priest will be in this man's house. You're coming after Aaron. That's how important this is. You fight for God's honor, and God will fight for you. That was his righteousness. And because of what he did, if you have to go back and read, so many people, thousands have been killed. But from that one act, from Phineas, the plague stopped. Because he honored God. And God honored him. It's always a good thing.
for God's children to honor him. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would rather that you honor him here before you see him face to face. Because it's not going to be funny then. And to honor him is just to say, God, I acknowledge. Because Jesus is real. There's no doubt in my mind. One day you're going to see him. Even if you don't believe in him. I remember speaking to my Chinese roommate in, in I believe it was uh, A&M or maybe University of Georgia. And I kept telling him, you know, one day you're going to face Jesus. You're going to face God. And he goes, no God. Good luck, no God. That's what he'll tell me. No God. So one day I asked him, I said, okay, uh, Lee, Mr. Lee, you may be right, there's no God. But what if after your death, and after you die, now you are standing before the God that you said, no God, what are you going to do? He looked at me, was quiet for a long time. And then he replied, good luck, no God. I said, <laughs> I said, okay, you'll find out, okay. But there is a God, amen? And you can turn your life over to him. Turning your life over to him is the greatest honor that you can give to God. And when you honor God, he will honor you in return. Not just you. He goes past you to your children and to your children's children because you honored him by saying he is right. God, thank you for sending your son. You did the right thing. I welcome you into my life. If you do that, that's great honor for heaven. Jesus said the angels will rejoice because of you honoring God. Would you bow your heads with me today? If you're here today and you want to honor God, you haven't honored Jesus by accepting him into your life. All heads bow. This is our holy moment before God. Let's honor him. All eyes closed. All heads bowed. If you're here today and you want to honor Jesus by receiving him into your life. And you really, really mean it this time. If you've done it before, all I need you to do is lift your hand up quickly and put it right down at the count of three. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. That's wonderful. It means everybody here is saved, right? Very grateful to God for that. But if you are not, you have another chance. God will give you another chance to make that decision. Would you stand with me right now? I have no doubt that some of us have been in a situation where we were afraid to speak out because everybody around you opposed what, what they say these fanatic Christians believe. I pray today that God will give you that boldness to speak on his behalf. They may not like it when you speak out. But after a while, they will begin to recognize there's something different about this person. And when they have troubles, they will seek you out in secret. Because they are also afraid of those people you were afraid of. And ask for help. And through that, they may come to know the Lord God.
through your obedience to him. When I was a new Christian, I recognized the words that Jesus said, I will speak of you in heaven when you confess me or speak about me before me and tell them you belong. So I was adamant. I had to tell somebody every day because I wanted my name mentioned in heaven every day. That way all the angels know me. It's simplistic. But I think it means something to God. Amen. Would we lift our hands up to him today in surrender. And please just tell him to take over your life. And give you the strength. And the will. A strong will. To defend his honor. In your life. By the things that you do. And before men also, I should make his name known without fear of what they might do to you. Father, I thank you for your great mercy. Thank you for your great love. God, we dedicate our lives to you today. You've said in your word, without me you can do nothing. Lord, we acknowledge that you told us the truth. That was the truth. And so today we come to you asking for help from heaven that you will strengthen us with all might through the power of your Holy Spirit that we will never again ever hesitate to defend your honor by the way we live and by the words of our mouth. We thank you, Lord, because we know you heard us today. We are grateful. For everyone that's gathered before you here today, let your peace, the peace that passes knowledge, be upon their lives. Let every oppression be removed from their lives in the name of Jesus. And let them walk in freedom according to your word. We thank you for your great kindness towards us and your love for us. We are grateful. We we'll welcome your presence in our lives. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. May your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please don't forget next Sunday. I'm going to say this. Only God knows what's going to happen here. But by the grace of God, I've actually seen somebody that's been condemned to die with cancer. This was in Great Britain. I've talked about it here. God healed him. There was another kid with Down syndrome, the heart condition, really bad. This was also in England because they were expectant. That's why I was there. They didn't have to do surgery. He was healed. If you bring them in, God will heal them. No matter how long the problem has been in their lives. I'm not afraid of cancer. I know this God is bigger than cancer. When I look at the moon, right there, how big he's hanging, the, hanging that stuff there, our cancer is nothing. And anxiety. If you know people who are anxious, so anxious, they are panic attacks depression, please bring them. 
I won't know how to reach them. But he created their bodies. Amen. And he can tweak it the way he wants. And if an organ is not good in the body, he'll take it and replace them. He can do it. He'll replace them. So I'm looking for God to do all kinds of miracles among us. Amen. And it's not about our church. It's about Jesus Christ. Amen. And what Jesus is doing. So please understand, we're not, I'm not looking to see miracles. I want release for people who are suffering. And I know Jesus can do that for them. Amen. Amen. Would you give him a clap offering? And where this means, God bless you. God bless you. Please greet one another. Don't let our visitors go. Hang on to the visitors. Don't let them leave. 